Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast presented by Celtics Life. Ben Vallis here, or as I go by on Reddit, Brutal Gash. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. We, of course, have the Pacers game to get to in a second. And later, hardened trade rumors are swirling. The Celtics coming up in reports here and there. Okay, we'll bite. So plenty to get to there. Joining us for all of that and more, Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, man. I'm on holidays, so can't complain too much. But uh, yeah, could be better, as I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> Yeah, likewise. Holidays kind of softens the blow there of, um, you know, which we'll get to in a second of that that Pacers game. Uh, and of course, the co-host of this podcast and writer for CelticsLife.com, LaBird33. How's things, man? Great. You know, I'm hitting the eggnog, enjoying the, the holiday, having, having a good time. <laughs> sweet, sweet. All right, well, look, we've got to get to this Pacers game. Uh, I'm going to say right off the top here, to be brutally honest with our listeners, I am up with family uh, in my parents' place on the Central Coast, New South Wales, Australia. Beautiful location, but very much unable to really focus on any of the NBA games going on, especially the game that we're about to talk about. Just want to get that disclaimer out there. But I did catch the end um, and various pieces of this game. So I guess this is a good place to start and then we'll work our way back. Um, guys, Jason Tatum and the Celtics, what were they thinking with that that last shot to uh, potentially win the game there? It didn't look like a, a particularly high quality shot to me. Yeah, I have no idea what they were thinking. I was reminded <laughs> in the aftermath thinking about better um, like final play scenarios we've got. Do you remember that one we had against the Jazz um, where it was, it was um, Shane Larkin Got the ball, ran off, pass out, back to Brown, open three, knocks it down for the win. That was a yeah. nice play, right? Um, ball movement. Yeah, ball movement, some creativity, exploited the weaknesses in, in that lineup and, and got an open shot. Um, I think Tatum and Brad, for that matter, probably was still drunk off the um, off the <laughs> off the Giannis shot. Uh, the, sorry, sorry, the shot he hit over Giannis from opening yes. night, which, like, I mean, I mean, good on him. He's the guy, right? He's going to take those shots, and it goes in. We're, we're like, we're, we're bowing down and being like, you know, just like spitting, like at the thought of trading him for James Harden because it would be an amazing thing to pull off two out of your opening three games. <laughs> but it didn't go in, and it looked like shit. So yeah, I really don't know what they were thinking. And considering we only dead by one, like, I thought for sure he would have tried to at least drive to the basket or do something else but um i mean look it's still early in the season it's, it's not the end of the world but um no I, I didn't like it one bit yeah i mean he got to the line in the previous play so you kind of want him to attack the basket i think there i guess the risk is turnovers you know turning the ball over um i'll say that you know you know we hit the first shot that we did against the bucks you know so he hit the game winner already um and I, it kind of reminds me of when we had paul pierce on the team it was like we'd always 
just end up having Pierce taking these hero ball shots. Mm-hmm. Used to annoy people, but sometimes you just want your best player to take the shot. And I think Brad, uh, I was looking at the thread already. Brad said that they had some action on the play that I guess didn't work out. So they just had Tatum do his own thing. The only other thing I'll say there is that, you know, I don't mind him getting those hero ball reps. I mean, especially in a, a game this early in the season where it really doesn't matter too much. I'd like to have, I'd like to have him take those shots. I think back in the day, there used to be this, uh, I remember, you know, we'd always talk about Kobe takes all these game winning shots and he would make so many. There used to be this site uh, where you could actually see clutch stats and see percentage of shots made by stars. And it was always surprising that Kobe actually wasn't at the top of those lists. He actually like, we remembered him making the shots, but he missed a lot of them. He took a lot of them. He made a lot of them, but he missed a lot of them. So I don't mind so much Tatum taking that shot. It's just, you know, it might've been better for him to attack the basket in that situation. Yeah. yeah, well, Tatum hitting the mark there as an aspiring Kobe fan. Um, user Elite Speak <laughs> on the post-game thread writes, awful game-ending shot, what the fuck. Uh, in terms of what he was thinking there, the only thing I can think of to answer that question is he was thinking of his highlight reel. He's thinking, all right, I've already got the bank shot game winner over Giannis. Here I am two games later. We had a rough <laughs> loss against the Nets on Christmas. Wouldn't it be great to uh, to get you know, to add to my highlight reel with another game-winning three here? A, a good five paces behind the, yeah. uh, the three-point line there, so... I don't know, very disappointing, but I can understand yeah. in the moment he, thinking like I can make this shot. He definitely didn't want to uh, bank it again. Like that, that was that was a big time front rim. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think he wanted it to be <laughs> yeah. pure. Um, I don't know. I, I thought almost like Peyton Pritchard should have been the one to to, to take the shot. Almost, I know that would never <laughs> happen in a million years. Yeah. But like further to um, Larbert's point, you know, it's, it's early in the season. It's it's ultimately pointless. Dude is four from four, five from five. I think overall, um, you know. If 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 he missed it, it would have been an easy scapegoat. And I mean, you could have said, "Why is he taking the shot?" Blah 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 blah. But dude was on fire tonight. But um, yeah, look, I, I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure we'll have many more uh, game ending scenarios where the ball's in Tatum's hand and he's like four or five foot behind the line and he'll he'll jack up a shot. And I'm I'm sure he'll make it again. And I'm sure he'll miss it again. So you know, it is what it is. You know, last couple of seasons, I think Tatum's actually started the season really slow. I think he's mm. each of those seasons, if I remember correctly, he had some pretty rough games early on and people were like, oh, maybe he's not as good as we think. And then he just exploded. So I'm actually not too worried right now. He had, you know, the three games he's played, 30 points the first game, game winner, second game, 20 points. That was one I wish we didn't have to even talk about. And then this one right here, he had 25 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. He missed a game winner, but man... Tatum is still just so, so damn promising. So I don't mind him taking those hero reps right now. Yeah, he did have a well-rounded stat line and, and kind of a well-rounded game. It, it was a tough um, first quarter, I think, for Tatum. He wasn't really able to get much going, but he, he came on strong in the second quarter there. One play that comes to mind is he had that rebound and immediate full-court assist to, to Time Lord, who also had a pretty awesome game. Um, he also finally got to the free throw line as well, which is probably worth mentioning. Um, a bit of a drought there in the, in the first couple of games there for Tatum. But yeah, the decision making in the end there, not just from Tatum, but the, the team in general, uh, disappointing. But I think you're right there, La, but maybe it's the eggnog talking, I don't know, but it's probably not too much to be concerned about at this point. But speaking more broadly, though, and, and factoring in the two previous games as well, what are what do you guys think the biggest takeaways are, not just from this game, but the the other two games earlier in the season so far? Um, if I can be positive, I think Jalen Brown's been fantastic. I mean, he, he there was a he seemed to go missing for a big stretch of the game this evening, but he showed up in the fourth quarter, and I think he got like you know two or three straight baskets and a, and a key assist to like just erase that lead that the Spaces have. So I've been very encouraged by Jalen Brown's um, play thus far. Peyton Pritchard has been 
incredibly refreshing and so not what I thought. I thought he would, you know, be on in like garbage time. I probably should have only seen him against the Nets, but like lo and behold, here he is uh, in clutch time in a uh, in a meaningless game so to speak but um he's still out there um and he's shooting so well time lord uh is looking fantastic as well um i mean probably more or less morley morley mainly just today morley. is what i'm trying to say morley um yeah. the, the eggnog is here as well let me tell you um so yeah like i'm not i'm not super discouraged by what what i've seen from us so far i mean I, again you don't want to get like too reactionary early in the season but um i guess the the one thing that lingers like more than anything else, mainly coming from the Nets game. And I guess to an extent, the fourth quarter against the Bucs is that we don't really, I, I, I don't, I don't think we're wearing contention this year from, from the looks of it. I mean, we get to see the best of Tatum consistently. Uh, and it's such a small sample size, obviously, but I just think we're like, we look like miles and miles behind the Brooklyn Nets um, when Giannis decides or, you know, AKA an elite player decides to turn it on against us. We don't really seem to have an answer for that. So um, yeah, my takeaways are we're probably, we've probably regressed slightly, but again, this is a three game sample size. So, um, you know, not trying to get, not trying to get too, reactionary at this point but um i think we've regressed slightly that would be my my take so far yeah pritchard and time lord shooting up the showcase season time you know the power rankings right uh, stock is rising <laughs> but uh no honestly i love what i'm seeing from those guys obviously you know we're at the point already where i'm like we can't trade them <laughs> they're too good yeah. but uh overall yeah i mean look i mean look at it like this we we've played three games the first game was against the bucks who had the best record in the league last year we beat them uh, the second game, again, we shouldn't have to talk about it. But the Nets are going to be incredible this year if Durant and Kyrie are healthy. We we knew that going into it. And in this third game, like we can't underrate the Pacers. They had roughly the same record as us last year, at least at least for the regular season. And I'll say that you know this team, like you really can't you can't get too up or down about anything that's happening this early in the season. This team that we have right now is more or less the exact same team that we had in the. Eastern Conference Finals last year, you know, minus Kemba, who is resting. I mean, by all, by all accounts, he could be playing if it was actually serious games. He played all of our playoff games last year, despite the knee issue. So Kemba's still there. Let's not forget about Kemba. Mm-hmm. With Kemba back in the mix, you're, it's basically the same team. The only difference is that uh, we've added Thompson, who actually looks like a plus. We've added Pritchard, who actually looks like a plus. And then we have other guys who really haven't even got a chance to even see what they do, like Neesmith and uh, and uh, Langford, who might actually make an impact later in the season. You know, obviously Hayward's not on the team anymore, but again, I can't stress this enough. Hayward had one healthy playoff game in his entire tenure yeah. as a Celtic. So, I mean, he was a non-factor. So, I mean, I don't, I look at this team, it's the same team that made the Eastern Conference Finals. We will be in the mix and there's so many things that we can do as the season progresses as far as players stepping up or even trade opportunities with the multiple, you know, player, traded player exceptions that we can make additions. So, yeah, I mean, so far we, we beat the Bucks and we barely lost to the Pacers. That's fine. I mean, we're still, we're still good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, user Hail Kyrie writes, Brad needs to fix the offense. Too much iso ball and I hate it. Rob was a shining star tonight. So two things to break down there. And one of them was what I wanted to get to was that the offense looks extremely shaky and they have these pockets of time where they are actually zipping the ball around and, and getting good shots. Um, but for the most part, and we saw this going down the stretch in the fourth quarter, way too much, in my opinion, iso ball by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, just not actually moving the ball to develop a good shot or a good play, but just... I guess you can consider this a good thing, but Brad Stevens is trusting too much in those guys to develop their own shot and make their own play 
rather than running a, a set offense. Do you guys do you guys agree with that at all? Um, I thought maybe Brown probably did a little bit better in his ISO situations. I think it was, you know, at the start of the the fourth quarter when we were like, I think we were down eight or down five or something like that, whatever. But um, the shot clock was running out and it looked like he was about to um, throw up a shot. And then he just threw this ball inside to Tristan Thompson, who finished in the paint. I think that like took took it to like a tie game or whatever. So, you know, maybe Tatum is the kind of guy who would like just throw that shot up. Um, Maybe that's a little bit unfair, but I thought... um, Brown showed a little bit more awareness and a little bit more better better decision making. But again, you know, this is hindsight. You know, if that shot goes in, we're, this is a this is a party, and we're talking about how good Tatum is <laughs> right. by miles. Right. And it's like well, yeah. we're talking about this much here. So <laughs> You're I mean, absolutely right. It, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, my my main takeaways for you know, you know, this is a little bit of a transition for Tatum and Brown, at least coming off of the playoff run they just they just had. You know, not not long of a couple couple months ago because they had Kemba in the mix. So right now they don't have Kemba, they don't have Hayward, so they are very much our uh you know, our ball handlers and our playmakers. And so far I have to agree with Jackson. I like what I'm seeing and I actually I actually wrote a note. I'm like I'm seeing them attack the basket more. I'm seeing them attack the basket more and you know both of them are being they're successfully getting to the basket. And I'm seeing that there's so many opportunities for kickouts. So what I was seeing like in the first quarter, the the only guy that we have starting right now who's actually a viable option to kick the ball out to is Marcus Smart. So they just kept kicking it to Marcus Smart. I don't love that. I, I love Marcus, but he's not a he's not a great three point shooter. So I don't love him as a kickout option. And then as a you know this the rest of the game continued, we saw that Grant Williams was getting those opportunities again. I don't know if he's really someone you can reliably count on. Although I should note that. Smart and Williams both actually shot 50% from three today, so that's good. And then we're now seeing, you know, is Pritchard, is he a viable option? Is he a viable option as a three-point shooter? I think that's essential. I've been mentioning this in the threads. I think it's essential that we have to find someone who we can reliably count on as a kickout option, whether that is, you know, Pritchard, who, you know, so far looks good, or if it's someone like Neesmith, who unfortunately looks like a little bit deer in headlights early on. But if that guy can develop into that player, great. Or if it's a trade target. I mean, that's we're going to need someone to be a kickout option because... What I'm seeing from Tatum and Brown looks great. They're getting to the basket. They just need options to spread the you know spread the floor for them, and someone who can you know um, basically take advantage of their shot creations. Yeah, well, it certainly looked like Peyton Pritchard was a, a solid option for kickout and, and several other things really today, like three of three from three, five of five from the field overall, like very impactful off the bench, particularly for a rookie. And I know he's like a senior rookie and everything, like he's a senior out of college, uh, but still very impactful in just his third game so far. That's actually a good segue. Who do you think is the best? We talk about showcase season. It's been a concept that Larbert introduced you know, early on uh, this season or before the season even started. So three games into the season, we're talking showcase season. Which newbie do you think has had the best showing so far? And to add to that, who do you think has been the, the worst standout player so far? It's got to be Pritchard, doesn't it? He's getting the minutes. Yeah, right? He's getting up shots. <laughs> kind of answered the question before I asked yeah, it. I, I, I suppose, yeah. But I mean, we got to we got to we got to give credit where it's due. I mean, the guy's done in three regular season games what it what Carson Edwards couldn't do in an entire regular season and the playoffs, um, <laughs> which I feel bad for the dude. But you know, it, it is what it is. So I think I see yeah. a lot of potential there. You know, Marcus Smart clearly loves him, so he's going to get that. You know, that that doggedness is going to be added to his game. It's there already, but you know, it's going to be refined under that kind of you know influence. Um, and, and I mean, God, if he can shoot 
even just half as well as he as he shot today. You know, it's hundred percent, so fifty percent. Yes, that's still very good. Um, <laughs> he will be valuable, uh, and I think he's definitely you know earned himself some minutes. Like we saw Grant Williams sort of force his way into rotations in his rookie season, like quite early on last year too. Um, it looks like Pritchard's kind of doing that uh, as well. So he's got to be the he's got to be the one that um, yeah, you got to put him in the top, don't you? Yeah, it's been interesting because I think coming into we were there were so many debates about who would be starting. A lot of people were wondering if it would be Grant Williams, and we ended up starting both Tice and Thompson, which I don't think any of us really even expected, no. at least early on. So, but yeah, I mean Pritchard for sure. I mean that guy looks he looks polished, he looks ready, he looks like an NBA player, and of course it's such a small sample size, and you have to take it, you have to continue to take it with a great grain of salt. I mean I've seen a lot of players who come out early on in their careers and they just. They shock everyone until the opposing teams can start getting some tape on them and they figure out their weaknesses. You have to give it like 10 or 11 games and make sure he's actually continuing to play at that level. But there's there's nothing really negative to say about what we're seeing from him right now. I mean, he he's making great passes, making great defensive plays. He's obviously hitting all the shots tonight. So yeah, Pritchard looks great. Um, you know, it's worth mentioning both him and, and also Time, War, Time Lord, who was great tonight, they're both older than Tatum. I mean, these are guys who are, uh, fine, you know, although they didn't get their reps in the NBA, they got their development over the last several years, whether it's in NCAA or, you know, uh, you know, in Time Lord's case, maybe a little bit of G League. They're at a point where they should be, they should be reaching a level that, you know, they can be reliable about NBA players, although it's like only Pritchard's third game. So, yeah, I mean, both of those guys are looking good, at least in this game. So that's, they're definitely at the top of that, you know, showcase idea. And that's not to say that it would trade them. It's just, you know, they're definitely the ones that are standing out right now. Mm. Yeah. Four steals and two blocks for Robert Williams in this one. And Jackson, you called it in, in our Slack during the game. He busted out time Lord. That is the, the Terry Rogier style steal on the paces. And then, <laughs> you know, Marcus Smart gets ahead for the, the full court uh, lay up there to I think, tie the game or <laughs> yeah that's right um and it, things were looking good there until you know again you know because our defense has been very spotty and unfortunately uh Sabonis got to the bucket there and ultimately won the game for the paces but but Robert Williams definitely had some some great moments in this game including smacking his head on the backboard for a putback which is just such a time lord <laughs> thing to do um yeah, and then, like I said, the steal and the huge dunk uh, at the end of the fourth to tie the game. In terms of newbies, though, uh, I definitely agree with Peyton Pritchard and Robert Williams. i got to give a shout-out to Jeff Teague, who there was a lot of debate going into the season. You know, obviously, Brad Wanamaker uh, departed, went to the Golden State Warriors. Good for him. Great franchise. Wish him all the best. Jeff Teague comes in on a, on a vet minimum after a pretty poor season in Minnesota and shoots 0 for 6 from the floor today, which doesn't look good jumping off the page. but Nine free throws overall got to the... So, 10 free throw attempts, actually. All of his nine points were from the free throw line. And I think he looks pretty competent out there. Like, he actually looks like someone who can come off the bench and competently run the offense, which is not something that we could always say about Brad Wanamaker. So, guys, is it fair to say that Jeff Teague is better, is a a more solid replacement and and backup point guard than Brad Wanamaker was ever for the Celtics? Hmm. Um... Yeah, his 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 inability to sort of score anything other than a three is a little bit annoying. But um, <laughs> if you do get if he does get to the line and he does shoot, you know, nine of ten, that's great. Um, Wanabaker was an exceptional free throw shooter, but you just never felt like he was going to 
attack or really offer anything, you know, significant offensively. Teague, I can see, is like is, is kind of taking the game on and is, and is attempting things. So if it doesn't work, then that, that is a little bit annoying. But um, yeah, no, I think he's I think he's done quite well. I think there was a, a bit of a bit said about how much he like he idolized Brad Stevens or like Brad Stevens saved his life when he was in high school or college. I can't remember exactly what it was about, but I yeah. think. I, I think Teague's going to be one of those players that we haven't seen in a while where a player, this this sort of discarded player comes in and Brad Stevens just turns him into, you know, just, just elevates his game. Teague could be another one of those guys. Um, I'm prepared to say three games in, small sample size again, um, that he probably is going to offer more to this team. He's probably going to be better for us in the long run than Brian Watermaker. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like what I've seen from him so far. I just wish he could finish in the paint. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah, floater situation... Um- Sorry, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> well, the, the floater situation for Jeff Teague uh, in that anytime he makes a three, he's guaranteed to miss two or three floaters. That seems to be sort of the, the mismake <laughs> the ra- ratio, the or, ratio or formula yeah. for, for Jeff Teague. Um, I hope he can he can get around that because he's he's so close to being like, oh, wow, okay, okay like we, we kind of have a bench now with this rotation of bigs. And by the way, the bigs basically all shared the big man minutes tonight, which is interesting and something we'll get into in a future episode perhaps. But like if Jeff T can start to hit a more balanced shot chart and hit, you know, half of his floaters instead of missing all of them, then suddenly it does feel like we have this much more impactful bench. And Lyle Bird, you mentioned it before, Kemba comes back in the near future. I don't know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but suddenly our roster's <laughs> kind of rounded out a little bit and maybe we're stronger than we yeah. were last year. Yeah, I was about to say same thing. I mean, there was a user Lizzie five seven seven five MLJ on uh, wow, long name on Reddit who who's basically posted what's our what's what's our rotation and minutes distribution. What do you think it's going to be our eight man rotation? Right now, I think it could be completely different. So Teague, I mean, it could be completely different later in the season. Teague, right now, he's looking okay. I mean, I liked him a lot more in game one than he you know him going on. Oh, from 11 from the field in the last couple of games. But <laughs> but yeah, he looks he looks competent. But it's interesting because you think about it, as the season goes on and when Kemba returns, does that push Smart to the bench? And then does that mean if you had a choice between Pritchard and Teague getting the third guard minutes? I mean, right now, I'd rather have Pritchard again. Like maybe we were just a little too high on this kid early on. But right now, I, I could see Teague getting very little minutes. Um, and maybe he's someone that you end up throwing into a trade later in the season, right? Could be. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it, it comes back to demonstrating or showcasing one's value. And, you know, the last two games have been disappointing in, in various ways, being blown out by 40 points and, and losing uh, to a, a very uh, poor shot selected or selected shot by, by Jason Tatum there. Very disappointing. But yeah, I guess that the positive takeaway here is that we've got multiple guys showcasing talent. Whether you want to look at that from talent to contribute to the team as we go into a hopefully a deep playoff run or to package in a trade for for a star or a, you know a much better role player. Um, things are looking up in the small sample size that we've seen in that regard uh, so far. So that's looking good. Jalen Brown, we should talk about. There actually was an article on CelticsLife.com. Shout out to Celtics Life by Zach Brassard breaking down this sort of new usage of Jalen Brown and how we're putting him in the pick and roll as the ball handler a lot. We saw that be quite successful against Milwaukee. Haven't seen quite as much of it in the subsequent two games. Uh, so speaking to that and just Jalen Brown's performance overall so far, guys, how, how are you feeling about um, and I guess we can look at this as him showcasing his value as well, but obviously his contributions to the team. Thoughts on Jalen Brown so far? 
Uh, I like everything I've seen from Jalen Brown so far. There's there's not a... I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility if you like you ask like who's our best player right now. I'm not 100 percent sure that Tatum, you know, would be <laughs> over Brown to be to be brutally honest. Um, but I mean, we all know potential long long term picture and whatnot. It will be Tatum. But I mean, as far as like right now is concerned, like I'm not I'm not putting against putting Brown um, ahead of Tatum. Hot take, maybe, but um, yeah, no, like I would, I would be physically ill if we ended up did trade if we if we did trade him away for uh, for James Harden, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. But um, from what I've seen of him from from his his shot selection, like he seems to be very competent from the mid range. Um, so far this season, his finishing at the rim looks a little bit better uh, as well too. Driving, attacking the basket as well. Um, I think he only had like one three point attempt today. Um, so you know that's doesn't necessarily you know say much in like a one game context to me. But the guy is again, like I said a bit earlier, like he, he seemed to go missing for a little bit. I think the whole team went missing in the third quarter, to be brutally honest. But um, uh, he had some big plays at the start of the fourth that got us back, uh, got us right back into it too. So um, yeah, no, I'm very encouraged from what I'm seeing from him so far. Yeah, I love love Jalen. Jalen looks amazing. I mean, he should have an All Star season this year if he continue, continues to play like this. I'll say that uh, Jackson, your your hot take about about Brown, Brown potentially being better than Tatum, surprisingly. So I wrote this article on Celtics Life, where we'll get into it, I guess, about um, you know Harden as a potential target and what that all means. And I, you know, at one point I mentioned, you know, I guess I undersold Brown. I was saying Brown's solid. I. Just to, just to spoil it a little bit, I'm completely out on the idea of trading Brown for Harden. But in this uh, article, I guess it wasn't as uh, glowing about him as possible. So uh, several people actually pointed out a couple guys. Bosnian Celtic was one guy's name and the bad guy. They both mentioned that they would prefer to trade Tatum over Brown, which surprised me. Honestly, it shocked me. I saw some similar comments on the Facebook group on Celtics Life where people were saying that they would rather trade Tatum than Brown. They think that Brown is a better player. I completely disagree. I think that Tatum is a better player. I, I love Brown. I think that Tatum is amazing, though. I mean, I think his his ability to create shots and just his entire arsenal as an offensive player, that combined with his length as a defender and the kind of impact he makes on that end, makes him clearly the better player. I mean, he was... Third team All NBA. He should have been second team. I honestly think last year over uh, uh, Siakam. I think that mm-hmm. we should have had Tatum as a second team All NBA. And Brown didn't make an All Star team. I get that he's not. He didn't have the same opportunities. And this season we're seeing more of it. But still, I haven't taken my head. But again, I'm not shitting on Brown. I, I love Brown. Brown's great. I just think that it was surprising to me. It was surprising to me how many fans are still, I guess, debating that. Um, and again, it's hard to say that without sounding like I'm a, a Brown hater, which I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. You're just a lover of both. You just love one child more than the other, which is a secret that I think most parents of multiple um, children behold. Danny um, Ainge definitely has favorite children. You know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, one of them got a you know a supermax contract. The other one did. I mean, Brown's amazing, but Tatum is obviously the 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 most important player on this franchise heading forward. Totally. Yeah. Now, look, we, we've got to move on. If uh, I'm sure we could talk about the first three games of the season all night, but um, if for no other reason than I'm podcasting in the room that my uh, baby is sleeping in here um, <laughs> and I can hear her crying downstairs. So we've got to move on. We've got to wrap this one up pretty soon. I just wanted to wrap up the Pacers game uh, stuff with the fact that Miles Turner, three for 10, you know, 30% from the floor, uh, 0 for 4 from three, 
just generally a stat line and a performance that makes me feel better that we didn't bite on the Pacers offer there or alleged offer back in the days where we were sort of um, potentially shopping around uh, Hayward to the Pacers there. So just wanted to, to wrap up mentioning that stat line and, and perhaps Danny Ages has made the right decision there. Yeah. But could, I have Doug McD- could have used Doug McDermott tonight, to be perfectly honest, but that was a career, <laughs> night. That was a career <laughs> yeah. night for him, I think. So, yeah. you know, alas. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, you know, allegedly they, they weren't willing to uh, include him or Aaron Holiday, who was also yeah. awesome in this game uh, in that trade. And I guess we can see why. Um, we've got to move on and we're going to focus on, it was a post to Celtics Reddit by La Bird and uh, a, a submission to CelticsLife.com, again by La Bird, titled, Humoring the Harden Enthusiasts, Looping in a Third Team for Kemba Might Be a Path. La Bird, can you talk us through this one? Yeah, so I mean, they can obviously can read it on Reddit or CelticsLife.com, but the the main things I want to point out is that I'm completely out on the idea of trading Jalen Brown for Harden. And I'll actually even say up front that I think that a large part of these rumors that we're hearing are are just kind of posturing to get Philly to give up more than just Ben Simmons. So I don't even know how realistic it is. But Adrian Wojnarowski was on TV and he was saying that the uh, that Houston was talking to the Nets and they were talking to the Celtics. And you know, there's lots of discussions there and potentially looping in third or fourth teams to get it done so it does seem like we're at least you know kicking the can around or kicking the tires on potentially uh trading for Harden the main thing is I wouldn't trade for Jalen Brown for all the reasons that Jackson just mentioned he loves Jalen Brown and those fans think that Jalen Brown is the best player on the team I mean he is a blossoming young star who could in a couple years end up being on a you know, on a level with someone like Jimmy Butler. He's a phenomenal compliment to uh, Jason Tatum. I think those two have very different skill sets and they complement each other very well. They're obviously roughly the same age and they're both signed on to four to five seasons. I just look at like our long-term view of what we want to do and it just makes sense to keep those guys together. I'd rather have 10 years of those two than bring in someone like Harden. Harden's amazing. He's a great offensive player. He's not the defender that Brown is. I don't know if he fits our system as well as Brown does. I mean, he's someone who is very ball dominant. So you're then, you know, changing what you're doing with our team. I think that Tatum right now and Brown sharing the offense makes sense. So, I mean, right off the bat, right off the bat I'm out on trading Brown. And the main reason is because Harden only has two years left on his contract. So you, you're basically putting yourself in the same situation that we had with Kyrie Irving, where you're even if you were successfully able to acquire Harden, you're now, you know, you have this season, we're probably still not going to win a championship with Tatum and Harden if it's just those two. Mm. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of teams in our way. And alternatively, if it's just Brown and Harden, I don't think you're better than, you know, LeBron and Davis. I don't think you're better than Kyrie and Durant. So you're going for a two-year window that doesn't really make sense. And then after the end of those, you know, two years, you run the risk of Harden leaving. So it just seems silly. So what I kind of... You know, the premise of this was, is there an alternative? And it's still not an alternative that I think fans will love, but it's, you know, I think if you put together a package built around Campbell Walker and Marcus Smart, who combine, make about the same money-wise as Harden, I think you can put together at least a competitive offer of what Brooklyn was allegedly offering. I don't think that you can get those two and still beat an offer to the Sixers if they're building an offer around Ben Simmons. It's hard to envision beating that with Kemba and, um, and Smart. And then the other aspect of this is that I don't think that Kemba makes sense in Houston. Um, they have John Wall already. So the whole idea here is that you could potentially put together a compelling package, but really what it hinges on is how do we value Kemba Walker uh, as an asset at this point? Because he'd have to go to a third team. 
Um, I mentioned a couple options, like maybe you end up shipping him to New York where he, you know, supposedly had as a second option as a free agent um, before he signed with Boston, New York was his second option. So maybe you send him to New York, maybe New York then sends some additional assets to Houston, like, you know, Julius Randle or, you know, a couple of their young guys. Maybe that makes sense. But, you know, I do think that there's a path where at least we can make a competitive offer. Um, and then if you ended up with Harden, Brown, and Tatum, all three of them, then it's interesting. That's interesting. That's something where you'd go for a two-year window and hope that things work out. And we'd at least be extremely competitive. And long-term, yeah. we'd have a, options even if Harden jumped uh, ship. Oh. This might be a dumb question. I'm, I'm, I'm painfully uneducated when it comes to trades and things like that. Can the TPE be used in any kind of trade or three-team trade at all? So the issue with the TPE is that it has, it's 28.5 million. So Harden makes about 41 million. So you couldn't really use it in a Harden trade. However, I mean, you can, so like the idea here was trading out Kemba and Smart who combined make about 41 million for Harden makes about 41 million. You could then uh, do a follow-up trade where you end up, you know, acquiring someone else with the TPE who rounds out the roster. I mean, that's something you could do. So in addition, like, it wouldn't just be Kemba and Smart. It would have to be, you know, Kemba and Smart, lots of first-round picks. You know, we talked about these guys earlier, but Peyton Pritchard, Time Lord, maybe that's a couple of assets that now are very intriguing to teams. Yeah. Would that be enough that Houston's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get Peyton Pritchard and Time Lord and get some assets for Kemba and get Marcus Smart, who's an all-defensive first-teamer? Maybe that's a very competitive offer. Um, but yeah, so you couldn't really use the TPE f- to acquire uh, Harden, but you could use it to, you know, do a follow-up trade. Okay, okay. Um, Devil's Advocate, just for one second. I remember, what was it, two, three, two, three years ago um, when it became apparent Kawhi Leonard was available. Uh, ben, myself, and Joe, we sat here and we're just like, Kawhi Leonard, no, don't want that. No, 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 absolutely <laughs> not. That'd be a terrible idea. We don't want to get that rid of... Uh, Toronto ends up getting him. They get a ring, but then he walks. So... Let's just say in an alternative universe, we get Harden, we lose either Brown or Tatum, and then Harden ends up leaving. Is it worth getting rid of those one guys for one ring? Yeah, I don't... Well, I mean, that's the thing. If you can guarantee a ring, if you can guarantee a ring, then I think everything changes, right? I think Toronto was in a very different situation. I mean, Toronto was giving up Drozen, who, you know, definitely wasn't on the same level as Kawhi. And, you know, they, they could take that gamble in a way I don't think we can. Like if we bring in, if you bring in Harden, you pair him with one of those guys, you're still probably not the favorite. I mean, you're not going to be the favorite. I mean, obviously LeBron and Davis and teams like Brooklyn and even the Bucks and even Miami are still going to be very, very dangerous, very, very likely to give us hell. We might not even make the Eastern Conference finals. So, I mean, yeah, getting that guy, if you can guarantee a championship, it changes your math a little bit, but... I'm assuming you can't guarantee a championship. No, no. I'm assuming that <laughs> more likely enough. you're more likely you might not even make the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, really, I mean, are we seeing this bench still needs a lot of work? Yeah, there's going to be some teams in our way. So would I do it for this season, and then we miss the Eastern Conference Final, and then next year is just the same old fucking nightmare free agent circus that we did we went with with Kyrie where everywhere you know Harden goes they're like Harden where are you gonna go where are you gonna go where are you gonna go and it becomes a distraction it's like no it's a nightmare that's just I don't want to go through that so I would definitely be out on moving one of the young guys for him but if you can do it in another way and it might be maybe it's not totally realistic but if you can get him for a package built around Kemba and Smart and um, additional assets and picks then yeah I mean then that's that changes how you you know that you approach it I'm going to ask the question. I've seen it asked online. I've seen it answered in in multiple different ways. But would you rather 
trade for Harden and a probable title, not a definite, but a probable title in the next one to two years, or not trade, keep the the core of the Jays and, and Smart and have 10 years of sustained success, meaning you know, likely to continue getting to the Eastern Conference Finals with a with an unlikely championship. What What's your preference out of those two scenarios? Because that's kind of what we're talking about here. Jackson, I'd be curious yours. I mean, my yeah. preference is very much my you know my preference is very much to keep the young guys. I just think the window's larger, and I don't know if this is really our window. Regardless, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think I think Harden is a perennial MVP candidate, absolute scoring freak. Um, it, you you have to you have to seriously consider the 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 option to acquire him if he's available because I think I actually think it would put us much much closer to Brooklyn um, and and the Bucks and the Lakers to be perfectly honest if we had a team of Jason Tatum, James Harden and four other guys you know what I mean I think I think that is that's legitimately a very very good shout however. It gets harped on so much, and it's almost a meme at this stage, but like, you know, Tatum's 22, Brown is 24, I believe. These guys are yep. super, super young. Like, like Durant's 32, LeBron's going to be 40 soon. Patience, I think, is something that we can afford to have. I know there's a, there's a big urgency to, to like win now. You've got to take advantage now. Like when Bill Simmons talks about, hey, I think that, that Celtics window is gone, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, I, I don't buy that for a, for a fucking <laughs> second. I really don't. I, I think we have... We've got them on long-term deals. I think we're going to be competitive. We're, go- we're going to be there or thereabouts pretty much every year. I think, you know, the worst case scenario, we end up like a six seed and we have an uphill battle to, to get it out of the first round. That's really it. I mean, the health, obviously, if we stay healthy as well, too, that has to be factored in. But everyone's playing under that. So I would much rather keep this team uh, that sustained success or that sustained competitive uh, competitiveness, I guess you could say, Ben. Uh, even if it doesn't result in us getting, you know, let's just say we, we make, it gets to the finals one time and, and and we lose in four or six or whatever. Um, that would obviously, I would like like us to be in the best position possible to win a chip, to win multiple. But I don't think Harden's the guy you sort of sell the farm for. You know, I think, you know, hindsight, if we could have got the Davis deal over the line, although, no, actually, scrap that because he always said he was going to LA. I think any other superstar mm-hmm. that becomes available, whether it be Giannis, whether it be Luka Doncic, and I'm talking like long, long term here, um, I think that's something you consider blowing up for. But Harden, again, exceptional player. I don't think I could get excited about him. I was I was so excited when Kyrie got here, even though I loved him, was heartbroken that IT left. I was, my tune changed very quickly when I realized that we were going to have Kyrie Irving on our team. And again, yeah, we, know, right. we know how that played out. So I am much more hesitant. I'm, you know, once bitten, twice shy. I would rather just stick with the guys <laughs> and get there on our own merits, you know, quote, quote, unquote. Yeah, one thing I'll say here is that, uh, you know, a couple of people were like, why would you be opposed to making the team better? Obviously, Harden makes the team better. I mean, yeah, in the short term, you would assume that bringing in a player sure. as, as good as Harden makes you better. But in a lot of ways, it, it reminds me of back around 2006, 2005, where we were strongly considering trading for uh, Allen Iverson. And at the time, I was like, why would you want iverson he's like he's he's aging he's you just be basically iverson and pierce yeah it makes you a little bit better but that's not gonna get you over the hump man there's so many teams out there that can still crush us and you know you're you're bringing in our ball dominant player it doesn't make sense now if you had a situation where you can bring in someone like kg and ray and pierce and, and pair them and have like a big three it made a lot more sense back then because our path was wide open to a championship it's just the thing is like you, you bring in harden and you pair them with either tatum or Brown, or Brown, I mean, you still have Durant and Kyrie and Brooklyn and all these other teams that are still probably better than us. So 
It doesn't make sense. But one thing I'll also yeah. say, um, you know, I've had a lot of people read that article and a lot of people commented, there's no way. There's no way that Houston would be traded for the likes of Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart, who have no trade value whatsoever, apparently, according to them. You know, Marcus Smart is a real asset. I'd hate to give up him. Like, he is a, a, a tremendous asset. He's an incredible guard. Like, we were allegedly trying to trade him, or at least we were in discussions to trade him for a top two pick this year. Like, that guy has a ton of trade value. And I almost feel like people are undervaluing Kemba at this point. People are acting like he's not even worth a late first. I mean, a month ago, he was untouchable. And now people are saying he can't be... Look, I know his knee is a concern. It is a concern. But he can come back at any moment and put up all-star stats again. And he's an asset. He's an all-star. The guy's coming off an all-star season. So I do think it's a competitive starting point for an offer, even without including Tatum or Brown. So yeah, I think that's a it's a path that I think is more realistic than I think people want to admit. Mm. I agree. And, you know, we talk about, you know, showcase of all of the players on our team. And it might be a case of this this trade isn't possible with Kemba until he comes back and, and plays a month of healthy basketball and looks like his old self before Houston actually, you know, decide to to bite on that offer. Um, it's, it's worth mentioning as well that in this article, which is very good, um, you're not necessarily saying here's what definitively will happen or even what could maybe happen. It's just like here are the possibilities in this in this hypothetical world if we do engage further in those trade discussions with Houston. Um, and, and to add to that, because there are people on, on multiple sides of this argument, Reddit user Bloney Tondetto, I think I'm saying that right. Right. Your entire post can be debunked with this fact. James Harden dropped 40 in his sleep last night. He wasn't even trying. And then a reply to that by Jimmy the Gent 2020 writes, exactly delusion in this post. Harden is out of shape and is not putting in max effort and dropped 44 with 17 assists against a full strength Portland team. He also had a great defender like Rocco, uh, Robert Covington on him and made it look easy. So... It, I mean, and they lost that game, right? Yeah, they lost. That's right. That game, they right? did lose yeah. that game. Exactly. <laughs> CJ McConnell got forty-four. Yeah. So there you go. It's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Good stats. They lost the game. Lost the game. You know what are you gonna do? <laughs> That's exactly right. But it's just to say that there are, you know, there's a, a full spectrum of, of fandom and and ideologies with regards to to this current issue and situation. Um, but you know, if you want to learn more about it, if you want to learn about the possibilities and what has the potential to happen, highly recommend hopping on CelticsLife.com or Celtics Reddit, checking out Larbird33's article because it is very uh, informative. All right, look, we're going to have to wrap this one up. That is going to do it for this one. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to CelticsLife.com. You can check out all of Larbird33 stuff there as well as plenty of other great written content. I mentioned Zach Brassard's article up the top there as well. Jackson, Larbird, love your work, guys. Thanks again. Thank you, Ben. Cheers. Likewise. Happy holidays, guys. Enjoy the rest of your holidays, guys. We'll be back in a week or so, maybe less if something amazing happens. Until then, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.